Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, but you already heard that on the intro. Well, what do we have on the docket today? Today, I'm digging a little bit back into the archives for an interview that I did at the tail end in the last quarter of 2020 with a guy named John Spencer. Now, he's a pretty interesting dude in the fact that he's been a consultant on both the IT and the the management consulting role in healthcare. So he used to do a lot of uh, Medicare business intelligence system integrations in, in organizations throughout the state of Florida, did some stuff for folks in Canada, um, and he's consulted with uh, all kinds of clients, including uh, global client relationship management uh, initiatives for even companies like Chrysler in the auto industry. So he's kind of been all over the place. He did some work with uh, Wells Fargo Bank and even stuff with government agencies. So he's, on the consulting side of things, has been all over the place on the management and intelligence and uh, IT side of things, the IT management side of things. And we had a conversation, like I said, several months ago around technology in healthcare, in rehab in, in particular, a project that he was working on called PT Browser, which was the idea was to kind of bring all the resources available to clinicians under one uh, roof, if you would. So he's got links to his site, to various uh, courses, webinars, there's a job board on there, uh, a link to uh, clinical evidence for databases and journals. He's got a group that he runs on LinkedIn that kind of brings all those people together to, to share some of their resources, what's working, what's not working in the field. Um, and he's got uh, links to like podcasts and news in the, in the PT and physical therapy industry. But what we ended up really talking about was the idea of, of bringing all these resources together. We've talked a little bit about implementing hybrid models of healthcare, about how to shepherd and uh, guide and coach patients through doing an, or working through an entirely in-clinic or in-person workflow, if you would, of healthcare to how to kind of guide them along into a hybrid model and what do you do if patients are having issues with technology, uh, onboarding, and that sort of thing. So I had a really good time having this conversation with John and listening through it again. Um, there's just there's some little nuggets in there that, that we're going to talk about at the tail end, but hopefully you walk away from this uh, interview with some practical insights about implementing technology in healthcare, about thinking about the way we pull information as clinicians and, and that sort of thing. So without any further ado, here's John Spencer from PT Browser. Well, okay. hey, John, welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you so much, Rafi. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here, and I'm actually delighted to be here. So That's wonderful to hear. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, and what brought you into kind of the physiotherapy PT space. Sure. So, so my background is uh, mainly in IT for many, many years. Um, I started off as a coder way back when, and I realized quite early that I have a passion for working with people rather than computers. So very quickly, I went into training, training and development. And so um, I got into skills training, uh, leadership, uh, management training, that type of thing. So I did that for, uh, for a number of years in, in a corporate setting. And then I went off uh, by myself as an independent consultant and entrepreneur and, and kept doing that type of thing, running seminars uh, around North America. And I did that for about a dozen years. Then I dropped back into, into the corporate world and I joined a company called Unisys, which is an international corporation and, and uh, uh, really ran part of the consulting practice there and, and did some uh, large scale client relationship, uh, executive information system uh, type of solutions. I did one for the state of Hawaii, one for Florida and I uh, did that for a number of years, and then I went into Oracle, which is a very, very large corporation. They have about $35 billion in sales last year, okay. and I was part of their, part of their senior management team um, and worked strictly on the strategy, uh, how, to take on, uh, how to take on the competition. So I did that for a few years, and then back in uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, as an independent consultant, and... Um, right now, I'm focused purely on uh, on PT Browser, which is uh, which is a very exciting uh, endeavor for myself. Yeah. So all of that consulting that you were doing prior to this, it looks like it was all management consulting and training. So it, I'm guessing like leadership training and stuff, or were you doing like operations and the whole? No, it was it, it was very it was uh, soft skills type of okay. thing. So it was it was leadership and service excellence programs that put in for large corporations. So it you know I I had the the pleasure of dealing with a lot of different industries, in, including healthcare, as mentioned. So it it gave me a great uh, you know scope in terms of uh, learning from people. You know, learning from from my clients uh, how to how to uh, you know, make my, make my skills uh, of value to them. So, and it's no different, I don't think, than a, than a phys- physical therapist, you know, having clients and, and, and uh, working with them to, to you know, have better outcomes. So, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm a big fan of saying, you know, the soft skills are often the hard skills. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I have a co-founder uh, for, for what we're doing now, and she is a physical therapist. She's, um, her name is Wilma Jelly, and she's just had a terrific career. Um, she headed up uh, um, the PT uh, department for a large uh, hospital. She's worked uh, also uh, in the university setting, and, and she's still now, she's been 12 years or so teaching a master's level course uh, at a university. So she's really a person that's got the domain expertise for what we're doing. And, and has really guided us every step of the way. So I lean her on her as the domain expert. Um, and, uh, and she leans on me to, uh, in some way, shape or form, you know, delve into my past and, and make the PT browser happen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about 
PT browser? Kind of what is it and then what, what's your vision for it? Sure. So um, actually we, we started, um, this started over a glass of wine and a supper table actually. So it was, uh, we had a bit of a eureka, uh, eureka moment <clears throat> when Wilma and I um, belonged to the same boat club. We, we'd known each other for years, her and her husband and my wife, and we were good friends. And we started talking one day about our passion for, um, I call it the end user, and she called it patients and clients. And we realized that we're both extremely passionate about helping people uh, focus on levering knowledge. And so we wanted to see if we couldn't work together and have some kind of synergy. And that was the genesis of PT Browser. And the browser really is, as the name implies, uh, a browser. And, and our vision uh, basically is to help PTs to be current, connected, and confident, as we say. So, you know, we're leveraging the World Wide Web, as they call it, um, but we're doing things that Google doesn't do or, or Safari, et cetera. We, um, we wanted to make it uh, e very, very easy and quick for people to get focused very quickly on what they want to find. Um, uh, you know, I, I Googled this morning, Rafi, I Googled, um, you know, courses for PTs online and I got 63 million hits. Oh yeah, I bet. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so what do you do with that, right? So we wanted to make it ex extremely simple and easy and as I say, focused for PTs and, and bring value. Um, you know, one of the biggest challenges that I, I'm, I'm an outsider, frankly, looking in at the world of PTs. PT and, and I love it. I mean, you know, it's very refreshing to me and, and working with Milma. Uh, I've had some great insights looking from the outside in. And one of the things that I've seen as I've um, chatted with people uh, in the PT world is that, you know, they don't have enough hours in the day. And, and uh, so our vision, our goal was to think about how we could create a browser that would help them to get the information they wanted uh, quicker and easier uh, than ever and all in one spot to help them reach, you know, reach their personal goals and reach their professional goals as well and, and the goals they have with their clients. So yeah. that, was, that was the kind of the way the thought process started. Okay, yeah. And then, so as far as like, let's take courses, for example, are you doing anything to curate them or is there some kind of algorithm or something on the back end doing that? Because when you go no. to your site, you can see kind of the, the providers, right? Correct, correct. And it so, just kind of funnels so, people through to that? Yeah, so, so what we are is a conduit, if you will, to, um, to some of these courses and other places that are on the web. So we have links in there to courses. Uh, we let the providers of those courses make their own pitches, make their own websites and tell people uh, how they can bring value to them as a provider of those courses. So we have the the links to the online courses. We don't have, you know, 63 million. Uh, we've got, in fact, right now we have about 11 uh, course providers on there. We're, we're going to grow. Um, we've been doing this for about 12 weeks now, so we're pretty excited about the response so far. So we don't provide the courses. We are a facilitator, if you will, in terms of helping people uh, find things very quickly that they can then, uh, you know, research themselves and discover some things for themselves. All right, cool. And then are they, I'm assuming at some point, are you going to have some sort of user 
feedback capability or something like that. So maybe somebody can come in to the browser and say, oh, I took this course at this provider and it was wonderful or, you know, this course kind of stunk. Don't, <laughs> don't take yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not letting people make comments to that right now, except we do have a forum set up where they are more than welcome to comment on things back and forth and engage with each other. But we're not reviewing courses, and I think it would be folly for us to let people review courses and, and just put it out there. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think there's a lot of negativity out there, as we all know, on the web right now. And so we're trying to let people make their own decisions, maybe try it for themselves. And if they want to use another place to uh, either, you know, praise it or not, that, that's entirely up to them. So we're keeping it very clean, very focused, very you know, close to the chest, if you will, in terms of uh, what, we're, what we're suggesting is, is uh, get on there yourself and take a look and then make your own decision based on, on your own experiences, as opposed to, you know, getting things off the web and a lot of misinformation about, their, about this type of things. So we, we really are a facilitator, if you will, of getting people up and running and looking at things. And, and there is a forum to engage, as mentioned, and uh, as far as courses go, that's, that's where we're taking a look at it. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about some of the other features that you've got in the PT browser. It's, it's a web page that you come to and it's basically got all these tabs, right? You've got insights, podcasts, news. So what's your process for, for getting stuff onto the site or for, you know, I don't yeah. even know, vetting it or, or making sure that it's sure something you want up there. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just give you a couple of examples. So on the insights, for example, that's, that's more or less a video blog that I put together with Wilma. And we, we post things that we think uh, will be of interest and value to, to the people who come to our site. Um, I just posted one the other day on LeBron James and, you know, his, his PT taking care of him and, and his exercise for recovery. And he's, you know, obviously he's doing very well because he just set a record. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, we, that's the type of thing we want to share with people. And there's things on there of a lighter nature. There's a, you know, a, a gentleman on there that uh, looks at uh, physical therapy from the lighter side, which is great. And they also have some very serious things looking at collaboration and uh, interprofessional collaboration and et cetera, et cetera. So we actually we think browse the web for, for our clients, which are the users of PT Browser. And we take a look at uh, finding things that we think will be of interest to them, specifically to clinicians, uh, could be running a clinic, could be how to run a clinic, all kinds of things that, uh, that we think will provide value. And, and, you know, we have a news uh, tab on there. So people can click on the news tab. We've got it, you know, you know, people are uh, very busy and that's really the way they're now uh, finding news rather than uh, a lot of television. They're going right there and, and uh, finding the news right on the web. And so we facilitate that as well. So we have a general newscast. And then we have all the associations, the major associations, APTA uh, and the Canadian Physiotherapy Association, the Australian Physiotherapy Association. They can look at that, see what kind of things are happening there, click into their news. Everything's one click away. Uh, we have a map, United States, for example, with all the states, and all they do is click on a state and see what's happening. And, and we found that, especially with COVID these days, that people can look at the various chapters of APTA and see what they're doing and pick up some ideas and, and, and see what's newsworthy connected to those folks. So it's, it's meant to be very uh, easy and intuitive to navigate. 
and that's kind of the way we set it up. We, we have bought podcasts such as we're on now, you know, the Better Outcomes Show. So, um, you know, people can take a listen to, uh, to Rafi and what you're talking about and, and, uh, and um, you know, tune in and, and get educated in some way, shape or fashion, depending on, on what the topic is. Um, we've got online courses, as you mentioned, we've got uh, evidence sources, you know, we've got databases in there. Um, again, one click away. A lot of people, as you know, Raf, and a lot of the PTs know, people are coming to clinics these days or, or seeing a, a physical therapist and they've already been on the web, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're already looking at it. They're, they've got that in their hip pocket and waiting for them. And so we want to have evidence-based uh, information out there. So we've got the databases uh, and the journals, open journals, that people can go to very quickly, search those journals and databases, and make sure that they've got the, the latest and greatest uh, information to, to help their clients. Um, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there um, on physical therapy, as people know, and they're self-diagnosing and then they're coming in with a, you know, a, a treatment recommendation from themselves that they got off the web. So. And then we have, we have, I don't want to, you know, we have jobs. We have uh, all, a number of different job boards on there that people can go to, you know. Uh, this is going to be very helpful for, for students, for example, maybe uh, a little more mobile than, than other folks right now and, and where they want to uh, want to work. And, and then we have a virtual trade show, which basically um, showcases a lot of uh, services and products that, that, uh, that are out there to help uh, clinicians and clinics and hospitals and, and uh, where they can go and search, uh, search it out. So it's a virtual trade show, as we know, with COVID. Yeah, everything's know, virtual, right? <laughs> yeah, everything's virtual. That's right. And, you know, a lot of these places have been shut down, the conferences and that type of thing. So here's a place where they can, they can browse. And that's, that's, again, that's why we call it the browser. But we've tried to make it as, uh, as intuitive as possible. So that, so that at a, you know, a 90,000 foot level is, is what we're trying to do. Yeah. And then I guess your vision for this whole thing is that by having it all in one place makes it easier for, let's say, a day-to-day -day clinician who's, you know, seeing 10 patients a day and doesn't really have time to go search all these, you know, search for all the, the CEUs or search for these databases to find an, an article to, to base some decisions on, right? It's all in one place for them. Correct. So, you know, and you use the word decision. So it's, you know, what are the options? It's making an informed or a knowledge-based decision uh, and finding that information that's going to help them as quickly as possible and, and, and helping them through it. it you know, I, I keep saying it's very intuitive. We've got, you know, like one, uh, seven or eight tabs up there and, uh, and people can just get on, spend 10 minutes on there or an hour or two hours, depending on what kind of things they want to get into. Um, you know, I, I, just to relate a story about, I, I've been an advocate for the end users my entire career, and I, and I love find, making it, things happen for them. Um, when I did the executive information system for the state of Florida, um, you know, the executives, they were overwhelmed by the amount of information they had, and it's the same with PTs. You know, there's, there's just a, so much, a plethora of information out there. And I, I look at this also as a bit of an executive information system, if you will, uh, for PTs. We, we roll things up for them and they can take a look at it uh, and, you know, get rid of all the noise that's out there 
and get some clarity on what they're trying to accomplish with their particular patients or clients. Yeah. So then that, so I guess the end user for you would be the PTs, right? So what are you doing to, to rein them in? Cause I'm assuming something like this, it's relatively new on the interweb space. Mm-hmm. Takes a little bit of work to get some traffic to, right? <laughs> yes, it is, you know, and, uh, and, and, and that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm used to that. Uh, that's been uh, part of my paradigm, if you will, for many years as working as an independent, just as if uh, people with their own clinics, you know, they have to reach out to people. So I'm starting to get a lot of positive feedback from students, uh, professors, places like that. We've got people in Australia reaching out to us. Uh, a PT in New Zealand reached out to me, out to me today. We're just starting out, and I'm right now. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have uh, a number of over six thousand connections on LinkedIn. So that's one of the mediums that are uh, that we're using, and and we've got some other things that we're going to put in the works. We're putting together a video which we hope will be successful as well. But it, it all gets back to, um, you know, having the content in there that people want. Content is king, as they say. Uh, you would know that in your, in your business as well. And, and, uh, and that's the type of thing we're trying to provide is, is some extra, extra valuable content uh, that can be, you know, looked at very, very quickly. And, you know, let me relate a story to you about, you know, the ease of navigation and, and navigating around something like this. Man, many years ago, I got my private pilot's license. And part of getting that license was going on a 300-mile journey and dropping in in a couple of airports and then finding your way back. You know? So it was, uh, it was very challenging back then because we didn't have GPS in the cockpits. Yeah. and used the, yeah. So you used a map and quite you know, when you're flying around at 5,000 feet, very quickly you lose sight of the railroad track or sight of the main highway. They send you off to an airport that's in the middle of nowhere. And, and my flight instructor said, John, let me make it really simple for you to navigate. When you get lost, you find a water tower at the nearest town and you go to that water tower and it'll have the name of the town on it. You know, so, so of course I got lost. I went to the nearest town and then I could reorient myself back, uh, back on my flight plan. And it's the same thing. Uh, with people navigating on websites. Some of them are so overwhelming uh, and it's very easy for the designers and the developers to start to work with all the bells and whistles that are out there these days. And so we try and keep it simple. We try and help people navigate uh, so that the PTs aren't overwhelmed with all this information overload and they can get the information that they want from our resource center very, very quickly. And it's focused information. So, you know, that's, that's been part of uh, what we've been trying to accomplish. Um, we think it's pretty unique, um, but we recognize that, I have a saying, uh, Rafi, that nothing improves without change. And so we're constantly trying to change it and, and get some feedback, as you said, from folks. Um, and, you know, nothing improves without change for uh, clinics, for clinicians, uh, and quite frankly, for patients as well. You know, if, if they don't want to change their, their habits and their behavior, then, then they're going to have uh, some problem situations. So that's what we're trying to do as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, you know, I think I actually wrote an, I wrote an article about this a while back on behavioral change and how important it is for clinicians to, to be aware of, you know, what it takes to get somebody from 
okay, I think I want to make some kind of health or lifestyle change to, okay, this is going to be part of my daily life. Right. Mm -hmm, So it's the mm -hmm. same thing with clinicians, right? Like we want, we want clinicians and clinicians inherently want to do good by their patients. They want their patients to get better. They want to see the better outcomes. Absolutely. So now you're trying to figure out how to take them from that desire. Now they're aware of a, of a change they want to make all the way through to, to implementing the change. Right. You bet. And, and, um, and now we're even more challenged or, or, you know, uh, physical therapists and are, are more challenged because we've got the hybrid model coming along, you know, which is adding a whole other dimension to how people are, uh, affected by change. So, you know, you've got video calls and, and, uh, and tele rehab, of course. And when things, the new normal, I, I believe from what I've read and from what people are telling me and that, um, you know, this hybrid model is going to be here to stay. And so there's a whole other dimension uh, related to technology for the clients to deal with or the patients to deal with on top of, um, you know, looking at some of the ways to assess them, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's a whole different world out there. It's a different paradigm. Um, I, I have a saying uh, that I think it relates to uh, PTs, which is uh, 10% video, 90% physio. 10% video, 90% physio. And it really says, make sure you don't get caught up in all the technology, um, you know, all the, uh, all the exercise programs that are out there and all this, because you have to really get back to, uh, back to basics with some of these people and make sure that they don't get hung up on, the, on, you know, what's the problem with the audio and the video and things like that, and really get back to the, to the physio part of it. So it's, it's a whole other dimension for clients to deal with, but uh, I think people have to be strategic about it and uh, think about you know, how they want to use it in the future as well, how they want to uh, implement some of these technologies in the future to make it easier for people uh, instead of being an obstacle to, to their treatment. Yeah, it's true. I, 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 like, I like technology and I like all that, but I, I do agree that at, at the basic fundamental service delivery healthcare is a human experience and we we can never forget that you know i can't Correct. let the technology get in the way of of the person right absolutely and and you know um you know when they're looking at you on a on a screen it's as you say it's very different than uh, the one-on-one so i think this hybrid model is going to play out in the future in terms of helping people uh, modify the behavior when they're looking at people on the screen. They have to show that they're listening. They have to show that they're attentive and, and interactive. Uh, responding verbally, you know, uh, it's a lot easier looking at the nuances uh, with a patient in front of you. And I've been a patient. I've had a bad back, so I, I get it. Um, and, and some of the nuances when you're looking at uh, people's behaviors are, are different and picked up differently these would be the a screen versus one-on-one in a in a clinician's uh, setting. So, um, it, you know, being aware of the body language, what you know, leaning towards the screen, this type of thing, and and these are tips that that you know are are out there. Um, we've got a you know I mentioned the insight section. There is a uh, a professional in in Australia. She's a PT, and uh, she's been doing this virtual rehab for seven years exclusively. So, oh, nice. yeah, it's great. So she's got a lot of great ideas and tips on there, you know, uh, on how to make it successful. 
and some people I know are just obviously just starting to do this, but um, people have been doing it and they've, they've done it quite successfully. So, um, you know, she talks about this being aware of your body language and make sure that your words matter and things like that. You know, she, I'll give you an example too, Raffi. She, she says, you know, uh, she's, it's on her video, one of her videos. And she said, you know, when you're asking people where the pain point is, get them to use a magic marker. Get them to use a marker and actually put a dot on their kneecap where it hurts the most, you know, <laughs> when she's doing an assessment. And, uh, you know, and then, and record and review um, your, your televisit with them. And then before you engage with them, you know, the next week or whenever, just revisit that, uh, that recording. And, and then it gets you back up to speed and, and you can start to engage with the, with the client or the, or the patient uh, right away, knowing where you left off with that particular individual. So, she's, I mean, there's a lot of great tips out there, a lot of great insights and information uh, that people can use uh, that is going to help them uh, in their quest to, to help their patients as well using technology. Yeah, no, that's great. I think down the line, I'm part of that, the forum that you have, I would, I would love to see something like that grow to where there's a bunch of people like that, that have been doing this for years and years and years and then can pop in and say, mm -hmm. Oh, there's, this is some insight I've got from, from being there and doing that. Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. I mean, you know, we'd love for people to start sharing more and more ideas like that. And they're, and they're starting to, we've got some people uh, adding some of their own personal uh, blog type information on there and and it's it's invaluable for people you know there's um there's an old saying never stop learning because life never stops teaching and you know oh, i like that and, yeah and so if we can share information with each other on a professional basis uh what a what a great opportunity that technology has given us these days with the you know with the web and the cloud and things like that it's it's, it's absolutely fantastic i've been waiting all my life for this you know, it's like technology has finally caught up uh, with uh, someone that uh, has been looking to find a way to help people and make a difference. And, and here we go. It's, it's out there. And, and uh, to me, it's very, very exciting for everybody involved uh, with this type of thing. And, and you know, it's part of, a, you know, getting fresh ideas and, and embracing change. And, and uh, you know, um, Clinicians are no different than any of us. It's 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 uh, it's difficult sometimes to engage with the technology um, because it's sometimes very frustrating. It doesn't work every time, you know. One of the one of the tips that uh, that PT in Australia said was, you know, make sure that if you lose your sound or you lose your connection, you don't get into telephone tag. Like who's going to call who, you know? So uh, set that type of thing up ahead of time. Send them, a, you know, something in an email and and letting them know how you're going to handle those those challenging situations from time to time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All righty. Well, John, thanks for being on the show. If there's um, maybe one or two big takeaways that you'd want listeners to walk away from, what would they be? Um, I think that, that basically they should be as present as much as possible in terms of uh, when they're face to face with people using um, video conferencing or tele-rehab that they have to be very sensitive to the fact that people are sometimes a little intimidated by the technology. Um, they, they should stay positive uh, about the technology as well. And, and you know something, Rafi, one other thing I learned at first aid many, many years ago uh, was to reassure the patient. 
you know, so, yeah. yeah, so, you know, here we go again. So I think it's important that they reassure the patient when they're having problems with technology or whatever. Hey, it's okay. Take your time. We're going to work through this together. And I think one of the biggest takeaways that I like to leave with people is it's all about we. Uh, and the more they can use that we word in there uh, rather than I and you, uh, they're going to have a more successful uh, practice, I believe. So I want to I want to thank you very much for your thoughtful questions as well on this pod, uh, podcast wrapping and uh, quite frankly I think you're providing a wonderful service to the professionals who tune in and I want to thank thank them and your, your listeners for taking the time to listen to this and and I do hope some of these ideas are are of value and that uh, that you and and they all stay safe so uh, thank you so much yeah thanks for uh, thanks for taking your time to come and share with us um, where can people find you find PT browser. Find sure. out what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, all they do is put in uh, ptbrowser.com, all one word, ptbrowser.com, and there we are. And that's, that's, that, that'll be just great. All righty. Thanks, John. Thank you so much. You take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Spencer about all kinds of things. We talked about PT Browser and that project and bringing all of the resources available to, to clinicians into one place. But one of the things that I, I really like having conversations with folks about is this idea of implementing technology in healthcare. It's been one of those recurring themes on the show. We had Ian uh, Opal on the show a, a little bit ago to talk about how to get therapists and clinicians to adopt new technologies in rehab. We've, we've had some folks on the show talking about integrating telehealth into their daily practice. And as we move more and more into the 21st century, if you would, the, the idea of hybrid being the core component of healthcare really should not be that far of an extension of where we are now. I mean, how many, how many places do you go to, to receive customer support, for example, for a cell phone service or even, shoot, to pay your, your water bill or your power bill? Like that can be done entirely online. And there's no reason that moving a lot of the communication and interaction between clinicians and patients can be online for the simple purpose of increasing access. I mean, obviously, there are some things, and I've talked about it before, I've written about it on the site, there are some things that can never replace in-person communications and interactions. I mean, when you talk about micro-expressions and the building of therapeutic trust and rapport, like all of that is super, super important. But the idea of it being an either or, I think really needs to go the way of the dodo. Like it is not, healthcare is not gonna be in the future, either you go through a virtual path to care or you go to an in-clinic in-person path to care. It is very much gonna be a, just a different tool in the toolbox, if you would. And it can be done entirely patient-centered for that specific individual and their needs and circumstances. I gave a, a webinar recently on doing telehealth right. And the main point that I wanted to drive home through that webinar was that the idea of hybrid care should be at the forefront of your mind and not because of the practical implications of, of cost reduction and increased access, but really about the ability of clinicians and organizations to begin tailoring to better tailor the, the care and the plans of care that they're providing to patients to those specific and unique patients in their own circumstances. 
So it's no longer, it, it's, it, it allows for one extra layer, if you would, of, of specialization or individualization of a healthcare plan. Because now instead of falling into this model where you only have in-clinic appointments or you only have virtual appointments or whatever, that you're able to kind of pick and choose, mix and match, whatever works for that patient in that time. Uh, I'm thinking, just practically speaking, we've, from a visit recapture standpoint, so let's say a patient cancels because they're out of town or because they're, they're on the other side of the city or whatever, and they can't make it into their appointment that day, offering some sort of telehealth visit or, or e-visit or virtual service delivery might be able to, one, recapture the lost revenue for the for the for the healthcare provider, but also make sure that the patient and that client doesn't miss the opportunity or the value they would have received or the treatment and services they would have received in the clinic. Again, you might not be able to replicate it, you know, at a one-on-one level, but you are going to be able to offer that patient something to make sure that they're not going without. Right? If the option is be there or you miss it, well, having the ability to reach out via some sort of virtual service delivery method is all that much more effective because it's another touch point, right? You're making sure that the patient, again, is not going without. And just thinking back about what John and I had a conversation about, he, he really talked about implementing technologies in healthcare and really focusing on that we versus I and you piece, right? Which again, the goal of healthcare should be um, empowerment. It should be self-management in the long term. And we've, I've talked about this on again on that webinar. You can go to rehabupracticesolutions.com, click on webinars and courses, and there's a, a webinar called Do Telehealth Right. And we I talked about it a lot. But there's a lot more research out there coming out that shows that the if the core component of, of any kind of healthcare treatment is active treatments with the long-term focus of self-management, you get better long-term outcomes than passive treatments or treatment programs and approaches where the patient is a passive recipient of the healthcare services as opposed to an active participant. And one thing John said was, like, we really need to begin as a as an industry, as a, as a profession to start moving away from this whole idea of I and you to the idea of we, we are going to do this. We are going to help you reach these goals. And this is how we're going to do it. These are the tools we're going to implement. These are the strategies we're going to implement. This might be the technology or the service delivery method we're going to use. But again, changing that focus from an I and you to a we, because that, that changes the focus of healthcare and makes it very much a self-management an empowerment approach. And I mentioned this a little bit on on the webinar. I keep plugging it. I'm not doing that on purpose, but I mentioned it a little bit on the webinar was that it fundamentally changes the relationship that you have with your patient. So no longer are you um, a Mr. Fix-It, if you would. We've all had those patients, especially in the physical medicine space. They come in and I've got a sore muscle here and I need you to stretch it or massage it or do whatever and then I'll feel better and I'll go home and come back next week and I still have a sore spot on my shoulder that I need you to massage or stretch or, or whatever it is. Like that does not bode well for long-term outcomes. But changing the focus to, okay, we might use some of these passive techniques at the beginning, 
But then we're going to be, begin removing some of those scaffolds, if you would, if you're talking about building a scaffold of safety around a patient with chronic pain. And the long-term goal is for that scaffolding to be entirely removed for that patient to be able to manage their care on their own, to be able to participate in the important things that they want to participate in without the pain or at least have the tools and strategies to manage it when it comes on, comes along. It changes the relationship that you have with your with your patient from that of a transactional level where uh, I, the patient, have something wrong, you do something to me or for me, and I feel better and go away, to really a relationship based off of almost coaching or encouragement and empowerment. I keep using the word empowerment, but that idea that you're now a trusted advisor, you're a mentor, you're a healthcare guide, if you would, that's helping this patient overcome whatever limitation, whatever pain, whatever diagnosis is on their own by giving them the appropriate strategies and tools and techniques that they need to implement in their own life to manage it on their own without you. I mean, the ultimate goal is that we work ourselves out of a job as clinicians, right? I mean, there's there's more people that are in pain and that are experiencing some sort of dysfunction than we could ever meet uh, in our clinic alone. I mean, I think the the last time the statistics were were put out, this is going to be primarily for physical medicine, for physical and occupational therapy, but there are you know tens of millions of people experiencing chronic pain every day in the United States alone, and only 10 to 11% of them are referred to or seek out PT or OT services. So that means, you know, 89, 90% of people experiencing chronic pain are not receiving anything. They're not getting any benefit of treatment. And the idea that, that we work ourselves out of a job is a good thing because it means over time, we're going to work our way through that population, right? And there's always going to be more people that are in pain and we'll, there will always be a job for us. But our goal should be not to create dependence upon us or upon a healthcare system or even a, upon a treatment technique, but to build in our patients the ability to manage it on their own so that when they have a problem or a flare-up, whatever, down the line, they don't need to seek out services, that they're, they're equipped to manage it. And then you never know. They might reach out to you again down the road if they have another issue or if they end up wanting to make some sort of lifestyle change and move into the preventative care, right? Lifestyle alteration and healthy uh, lifestyle creation. So anyways, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, head on over to iTunes. Give us a rating and review at The Better Outcome Show. It helps people find us. It helps us spread the message. And if you want to learn a little bit more about what we do and how we help healthcare organizations increase uh, caseload, but more importantly, um, improve patient retention and increase the number of course of care completions that you have at your clinic, you can head on over to www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. That's rehab, the letter U, practicesolutions.com. Until the next time, guys, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. 
Learn more at www.RehabUPracticeSolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.